yeah. Smith's the encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on Peace Hello everyone and uh, welcome once again To a wonderful Thursday cool night in uh, uh, on the East Coast I am JT, aka The Master And I'm joined by one of my esteemed co-hosts Jeff the Joker who happens to be from the East Coast and just a little up the highway from where I'm at. Two Jersey guys just going to sit down here and talk about uh, the past week in sports and what's happening right now and, and what's uh, 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 going to happen in, in about a half hour. We're going to be talking about the NFL. Going to talk about the uh, Major League Baseball. Interesting things happen in Major League Baseball. This is playoff season. And this is a good, good day, good night for sports because the NBA season opens up also. So we're going to be talking about that. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. Got a chat room sitting out there for you. You want to sit and, and, and jump in that chat room, uh, lay your knowledge in there, ask a question or make a comment, you can do so. What you put in it is what you get out. So uh, I, all the particulars out. Um, now it's really get down to business. So without further ado, let me bring my esteemed co-host, like I said, fellow Jersey guy. They call him Jeff. They also call him the Joker. What's up? Hey, Jerry, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Uh, well, I shouldn't say nothing much. There's a whole lot going on, Jeff. Uh, we got an hour to cover it. Um, we can take our time. It is what it is. Uh, the first thing on the agenda is what this is what I want to do. I want to cover, cover Major League Baseball. Then I'm going to kind of cover uh, things going on in the NBA, in and out, in and off the court. Uh, I think you know what I mean. And I also want to talk about um, uh, the NFL and, and something going on that happened on the field and off the field, um, and, and some people are paying for the mistake. So let's talk about first, Jeff, uh, Major League Baseball. Now, this is the playoff season. And this is the um, – they already went through the wild cards. So this is the first round, really, really the first round of the playoffs. Um, and um, in the American League, uh, the four teams that were playing against each other, the, uh, the Texas Rangers and, and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and also the Houston Astros and the Kansas City Royals, and like and like you know, and uh, most of the people who follow baseball, Kansas City Royals were in the World Series last year, and so aren't any strangers to playoff be- baseball. Well, both these series went down to the fifth game, and uh, I have to say, because of the two scores that the be- two better teams won, um, I'd ha- but I have to say this, that the Rangers – who had a 2-0 lead in that series. They had a 2-0 lead in that series and lost the last three. And the, and the last one, in dramatic fa- fashion, um, one being that uh, uh, they, uh, Jose Bautista bat-flipped and hit a, a, a monstrous home run to break the tie in a uh, 3-3 ball game to make it 6-3, and that's what the final score was. But in that was a bizarre play. Um, Sin Chu Chu was uh, standing at the at the plate. I think there, were, there was runners for the Texas Rangers on second and third. 
and uh, I, I'm not sure what the what the uh, how many outs were, but it really does, it's inconsequential because the uh, he received he uh, got a, took a pitch, and I don't know who was on on the, on the mound. It, it's, it doesn't make any difference who was on the mound, uh, and the catcher caught it quite naturally, and then the catcher with the batter still in the box tried to flip it back or throw back to the uh, pitcher. And it hit uh, the batter on his hand and squirted off off to the third base dugout with the third runner, with the third base runner from Texas coming home. Meanwhile, as the runner was coming home, the umpire, because I guess he was um, not sure what was going on, called timeout. The runner crossed the plate. And this was in, in Toronto. They run across the plate, and it was an extended amount of time before they came up with a decision that allowed the runner to score, which was the wrong call, because once he called timeout, even the, the, the runner is not allowed to score. Um, and it, it, he's lucky, the umpire is lucky, that the Rangers – didn't subsequently win this game because uh, he would be put up more to up with, to more scrutiny than uh, he had been already. Plus, the fact is there was two uh, and, and there was two other or one other incident because this one created a bench clearing uh, at the near the between the pitcher's mound and the uh, batter's box, and uh, later on in the game, uh, uh, and I don't recall what happened. But they had another incident um, that um, caused caused uh, all the players to come out onto the field and confront each other. I don't know if you watched this game. I don't know if you heard about anything about this game. But this is really a, was a really wild and woolly game, and it, it's amazing that, that a team that was two and zero, two and zero, gets beat. Um. And doesn't win another game. Talk to me. You know, I didn't see that particular game. I don't watch much baseball. I did hear about that game, which sounded like uh, one in a million type of game. Um, I'm a little distracted. I just saw that uh, Derek Coleman, uh, the, the fullback for the Seahawks, not, not the guy who used to play for the Nets, uh, he got suspended for uh, allegedly uh, a hit and run. Uh, that that's unfortunate. Uh, that's that's real unfortunate because uh, he, you know, he's kind of like a role model to uh, a lot of deaf people. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, wow, what the heck is wrong with that guy? Um, I, I hope he didn't do it. You know, um, you know, but that part of the thing with that game is that, that that's some of the reasons I don't like baseball anymore. I mean, I loved baseball when I was a kid, but, you know, back in the Paleolithic days when I was in elementary school, uh, almost every uh, boy liked baseball, and it's not like that anymore for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, you you know, I just hate in baseball. You know, it's like I wish these cats would just mind their own business, just play the game, and and none of this – you know, huffing and puffing and all this, uh, you know, running on the field all the time. Because you know what? And you might remember this, you know, from when you were, you know, a young guy growing up. You know, mm-hmm. it, these guys, most of these guys don't want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Right. These are the guys who were saying, hold me back, hold me back. You know, <laughs> like, right. so, but the thing is, hey, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to fight, but I'm not running onto the field acting like I want to fight. You know, and the way they act or overreact to something like a bat flip is ludicrous. It's like if you walked by me on the street and I thought you gave me a dirty look, and even if you did, that doesn't mean I pull a knife on you. You know what I'm saying? I don't like yep. that. Yep. You know, the pitcher, does, if the pitcher thinks the batter's staring at him or he doesn't like the way he flips his bat whoop-de-doo. Then get him out next time. I don't understand it, and the the overreaction from the players and a lot of the fans and some of the the you know the media. I don't get it. It's stupid. You know. I mean, 
you know, I don't like this excessive celebration, but you know, if you know, you do something major, you celebrate a little, whoop de doo. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't get it. And with baseball, it's people. You know, I've heard many times that people think baseball is a lot simpler than football. I don't know. Sometimes baseball can get complicated, and then you got to deal with these rules for something that happens once every five years. But the people who follow the sport closely talk about it like it's an everyday occurrence, like a catcher throwing back to the pitcher and hitting uh, the batter's hand. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I watched a lot of baseball games as a kid. I never saw that once. You know, I mean, that's probably less common than a triple play. Sure. But still, the thing is with the umpires, who most of these umpires, they have their own strike zone, and they think that people are paying to see them, that the one of the tough things about that job, that one time a year when you got to know that rule, you got to get it right, you know. Um, but uh, I just think baseball is barely even a sport at this point. It's just like this – Overdramatic, bloated wank fest. I can't stand it. Okay, uh, I want to move on to the other ones. The, the like I said, the um, the uh, uh, Houston Astros, the up up and coming Houston Astros, with their pitching and their um, young uh, young players that they have that are up and coming, uh, and we're one of the surprise teams. Uh, uh, this year, winning 86 games, which is uh, uh, quite a bit for a team that, uh, for the longest, was a doormat for whoever they played. Um, Went up against the Kansas City Royals, who won almost 100 games, 96 games to be exact. And uh, they took uh, Kansas City uh, and eventually succumbed to Kansas City. Uh, Surprisingly, these two teams, that uh, Kansas City and, and the Blue Jays, um, the game five wasn't even close. The Blue Jays won six to three. Kansas City Royals won uh, over Astros seven to two. So um, closed them out in dramatic fashion. And even with the their uh, uh, their ace who uh, came in uh, for an inning, um, he got hammered for three runs, which didn't help. And uh, quite naturally. Um, Astros, just like the Rangers, are going home. And the uh, Blue Jays and the um, Royals are going to fight it out for a chance to go to the World Series. Talk to me about the Astros and Royals and see if I want to find out if you watched any of that, know about it, or give me your opinion. Yeah, I don't know much about that. But, you know, talking about, you know, the Astros – Sometimes in pro sports, you know, you see a team with a lot of good young talent and people want to anoint them, and it doesn't always work out the way people think it's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. I'm not that familiar with the Astros, but, uh, you know, it it happens in uh, baseball, I think, recently with uh, the Nationals, and it happens in other sports. There's a team with a lot of young talent, and it just, uh, you know, you still got to beat a lot of other teams to, to go far. And also when you have you know, really good young talent, they set the bar really high. And, uh, you know, they expect a lot. And if, uh, you know, you win uh, 85, 90 games, it's usually not enough. Speaking of young talent, and an old guy who's handling that young talent, talking about Joe Madden, um, the manager of the uh, Chicago Cubs, goes up against a perennial um, baseball power. Um, The Cubs won 97 games in the same division, as the Cardinals, who won 100 games, and the young bucks, the young boys from uh, uh, the Windy City, Chicago, um, handily beats um, the uh, perennial power St. Louis Cardinals. Three games to one, closed out this game in Chicago, um, six to four. Uh, before we move on to the final uh, playoff series that's going to be decided tonight, uh, talk to me about what's your opinion of the – or whatever you want to express about the uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, going down to defeat and going home against the uh, young and upstart uh, Chicago Cubs. Now, that is interesting because, you know, as somebody who grew up watching the sport, I don't follow it now, I'm familiar with the uh... – 
the history of the Cubs, and of course, uh, they uh, no, no exaggeration. I think 1908. I think my grandmother, who was old enough to be my great grandmother, I think she was still in grade school back then. Wow. I mean, you know, that's going way far back. That was before the First World War. Right. You know? no, you're right. Automobiles were still new at the time. Um, so were planes. Um, and uh, it, so it's a big deal if the Cubs just make the playoffs. And, um, it, it, you know, it's fine. I think sometimes with fans of a franchise like that, sometimes I think they almost want to lose, believe it or not, you know. <laughs> and, and it's almost like the winning could be anticlimactic possibly. But then <laughs> – and this isn't necessarily common knowledge. I'm, I think um, that the, uh, I don't know, it's re- a great rivalry, but I think the Cardinals are the Cubs' biggest rivalry. You know, yes. I mean, I'm yes, sure they they, the, the Cardinals don't consider it a rivalry because they got all those World Series and the Cubs don't. And, and the Cardinals, you know, they, they're they second in World Series after the Yankees, they're kind of like a more low-key, classy version of the Yankees. And, yes. um, you know, and that's a, in, in St. Louis is a great baseball town. You know, some towns are known for preferring certain sports, and I'm sure there's fans of other sports in St. Louis. But that that is, and, and I, I've met people from there, and that, that is, you know, a real baseball town, which is cool because that means they appreciate it. So you don't have to worry about the, you know, the Cardinals packing up and moving. Mm-hmm. And you know, but that just adds to it that the you know the Cubs knock off the Cardinals, and now boom, they're knocking on the door to get into the World Series. And I think I don't I, I don't think it happened as much, but it, it started I think in the '80s sometimes when these these cities would go, go out of control. It was usually just a handful of jerks looking for an excuse to get in trouble, and you know they they'd win and they'd riot. And I always think to myself. Well, I would only want to riot if I lost, and I wouldn't do that anyway. But you, you know what I'm talking about? And right. I think if if Chicago, if they make it to the series, and they're up in the series, that they're, they're going to have the National Guard on standby because that could get that could get nuts. Um, so that's a very interesting plot line. So uh, I think I'm kind of uh, well. Uh, getting uh, to the next, uh, the Mets, they're playing tonight. And they, they, that's, you want to talk about a plot line, that's uh, that's real interesting with the Mets because, uh, you know, their hitters look like the bad news bears for, I don't know, about the first half of the season. Uh, but they got the young pitching. And, and like something from a movie, they they pull it together. And now, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're in game five. And, uh, you know, a lot of drama there with breaking up the double play, and that whole thing gets blown out of proportion. And even if it is dirty, it's still baseball. You know what I'm saying? And, right. Uh, they don't enforce those rules. I mean, usually you don't see a takeout like that unless it's a really big game. Um, but I don't think there's much. I, I don't think they you they don't usually enforce the rule about suspending a guy for that. But that that's baseball. I mean, I remember that the Yankees and the Royals. I think it might have been Hal McRae uh, who, who uh, took out Willie Randolph. It happened. It, you know, Pete Rose did that. It, it's, it, and you know what? It, you know, this ain't tiddlywinks. Oh, I mean, there are collisions. It, it happens. It, you know, but, the, you know, these people, you know, and I'm not like, you know, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, of course, but, you know, uh, this is Major League Pro Sports. You know, this isn't Pinochle. This isn't chess. Um, and, uh, you know, I got a few years ago when that uh, that catcher, that good hitting catcher, I think for the Giants, you know, somebody plows him at the plate, and then everybody's screaming bloody murder. It's like, what? Haven't you watched this sport before? Yeah, Buster you know, Posey. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like and people are you know crying and carrying on like you know somebody hurt his kids or something. It's like, no, right? He's a man. He's playing a major league pro sport. He's more padded than any guy on the field. If he doesn't want to get hit, then stand behind the darn plate. And then this is, I just, almost anything that happens in baseball, I can't stand. And then the, these these fans and some of these media or whatever, they, they want to keep it the same, but it, it's not the same game. They just pick and choose. They just want to keep all the stupid stuff the same. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the, if they were playing a game like when I was a kid, it would be like, 
you step up, you take your cuts, you know. It, you know, you're on the mound, you don't play around, you get the ball, you throw the ball, no screwing around. You know, that's how they used to play it. And then, you know, that was, uh, you know, the teams didn't have to carry as many pitchers on the roster back then, which, you know, it, that, that'd be hard to change. It's just it's one of those things. That's the way they play the game now, whether you like it or not, it's the way they play it. But the thing is, nobody cries. You don't hear too many people crying, oh, well, now that teams have a three-man bench because they have 13 pitchers on the roster because of that, you don't see pinch hitting, you don't see pinch runners, you don't see defensive substitutions. And it, to me, that that's that's boring. It's, you know, without – I, I wish they could expand the roster to 26 players, but they would just add another storm-arm pitcher so it wouldn't improve the game any. So Sure. But, uh, yeah, that, that that's baseball, very poorly run sport. All right. Uh, then uh, last but not least, because it, this is a it, it, game five, the scouting game, um, local team, my team, uh, going with, I think, it, who is the ace of the squad, not uh, who uh, a lot of people thought would be the ace, uh, the uh, more humble and more uh, reserved um, pitcher on the, on, the, on the Mets. Excuse me. And the long-haired um, uh Big time pitcher uh, who has to bring uh, his A game in L.A. facing the uh, uh, um, high salary, I think, in, in the uh, Major League Baseball over three hundred million, mil, if I'm not mistaken, in the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, the Mets, um, who the series is tied two-two, the only uh, playoff game that's being played. Uh, to decide who's going to go to the uh, um, to, to the division series in the National League, uh, go up against uh, an extremely good pitcher, who um, I think the Mets are eleven and uh, two and eleven against, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's eleven and two against the Mets. Um, Zach Greinke going up get up up against uh, Jacob Degrom, um, and what I I think is not going to be a uh, high scoring game. And uh, I listened to the fan with uh, Mr. Uh, Francesa this afternoon, and he made a good point that um, in most games, uh, the um, two to one, uh, two to two to nothing, is like five to nothing uh, in the in the regular regular uh, season. But in the playoffs, two to two to nothing is huge, uh, and going. Uh, uh, as we speak right now, uh, before I uh, get your uh, thoughts on it, uh, the Mets are up in the, I guess, the bottom of the first because uh, it looks like the uh, Dodgers are up right now. Um, and uh, they're up one nothing uh, against Zach Greinke. So um, give your thoughts up until this point and your thoughts on what you think the Mets' chances are of trying to pull this out uh, a miracle method, because this is a miracle because that no one, absolutely no one thought they would be in this position. I thought they would be contending because they had a lot of good pit, young pitching. Um, but the problem was, and we had talked about this earlier in the, uh, way earlier in the season when they're hitting with like uh, just a little over 200, I think they were hitting 212, 220, the worst uh, uh, hitting team in baseball uh, until they decided to make some moves and, and uh, went on this tremendous run to get them the division and now put them in a position to even get to the um, uh, um, National League uh, uh, title. What's your thoughts on the Mets in the playoffs? I don't know if you've watched any games, but give me your thoughts or analysis on up until this point. Watched a little, um, you know, uh, I grew up a Yankee fan. Uh, it just was very easy and convenient because when I started watching baseball is when the Yankees started winning, you know. And then in the 80s, in the mid-80s, the Yankees were winning, but they weren't going to the playoffs, and that's when the Mets became a, a power team. And it, it's funny. It's uh, I think a lot of people, it's hard to describe what it's like being in a market where you have two teams in every sport. I remember back in the 80s, you know, 
you go out with your friends, and your friends are Met fans, and, you know, everybody in the bar or in the restaurant or whatever, they're all Met fans, and you're a local guy. It's hard to root against them, you know? Right. And I once came up with the analogy. I, I did root for the Mets at the time, but I was only casually rooting. And it, they, there was an interleague play at the time, so it wasn't like there were Yankees and Mets were ever going to play each other except for spring training or in the rare chance in the World Series. And I, I told people, it's like, yeah, I will casually root for the Mets. I don't wear Mets merchandise. And at the time, I was starting to lose interest in baseball, so it didn't matter as much. And I said, I don't know, this might not be the best analogy. I said, the Yankees are my wife, the Mets are my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you something. What What is it that, uh, um, um, I wouldn't say push you away, but uh, you – more or less uh, walked away from um, watching baseball or being as uh, enthused about baseball as you were in the past? A a lot of things, but some of it was, you know, as I became an adult, I had less time. So, I mean, only a hardcore baseball fan is going to watch six or seven games a week, but football, they only play one game a week, you know? And Mm -hmm. it just, uh, the game just became slower Never a fast game, but it was faster. It became slower and more boring and just more ridiculous. And, uh, you know, uh, most of the changes were usually in the wrong direction. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, you, you, you don't have as much time and you prioritize. And if there's a sport that, you know, it, it, it can't keep your interest, then whatever. I mean, the thing is uh, – yeah, I mean, could you imagine in football, like these, some people will say football, there's too many interruptions. But you know what? At least there's a there's a certain pace or whatever. It's not like the quarterback is behind center and scratching himself for two minutes before taking a snap. I mean, that doesn't happen. That that could happen in baseball. That That's right. one of the main reasons I don't like baseball. I mean, just the, the amount of time and whatever it takes – for one darn pitch, I can't. I can't stand it. I, I, I literally, I can't stand it. Yeah, it seems like uh, um, they, they either the hitter. Well, they've they've done some things uh, in baseball to keep the hitter in the in the um, batter's box, um, and it, for most part, it's been adhered to. Um, but do th- you still have pitchers that go through certain? Um, OCD. That... <laughs> That's what they go through. They go through OCD. And when I was a kid, and there weren't too many of these guys at the time, there was Mike Hargrove was the human rain delay. Oh, I, I thought that guy was the Antichrist. So, yeah, so they go through uh, certain um, uh, habits um, before they eat, for, before each pitch, just like, just like hitters go through certain habits, but one of them now is that they can't step out of the batter's box unless it's a foul ball. Um, any other time they have to stay in the batter's box, um, and uh, it's supposed to speed the game up. I don't know the statistics about it, but it was supposed to speed the game up. So um, it is what it is, and right now we're into the, um, like I said, the Final game for one of these teams before they go and meet the um, uh, the young and upstart Chicago Cubs. And I want to play this scenario out. Um, What if? um, What if the young, uh, young and I I can't, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Young and dumb um, Chicago Cubs, uh, because they haven't been been here before, and none of these guys know exactly. what the uh, uh, um, what it's all about, and it's the score is tied now, one-one, um, that quick in the first inning. Uh, Greinke gave up a run. Now Degrom giving up a run, and there's one out and a man on first and third. So it doesn't look good uh, right off the bat. But um, Degrom's a very good pitcher. He's given up three hits already, uh, and one earned run. Hopefully he can get out of this uh, um, without any more. Uh, and the Mets going into the second inning, um, tied instead of uh, down by a run, which uh, has a tendency to uh, get the uh, butt butt cheeks uh, squeezing a little bit. But I digress. And what I was saying was this. What if 
the young and up, up young and dumb Chicago Cubs go up against the young, uh, relatively young um, New York Mets. Um, and I have to refer back to Francesa again because he brought up another good point. These two teams, uh, with the makeup that they have now and the makeup that it looks like they're going to have for years to come, are have the makeup of being perennial uh, perennial powers or new powers or old new powers, whatever you want to call them, in, in the National League because of uh, the big-time pitching now the Dodgers are up two two to one. Degrom looks like he's going to have a rough outing here. Um, uh, so it looks like it's two to one now. Uh, he's given up four hits in the first inning, um, and it looks like these guys may be uh, perennial powers in, in their respective uh, divisions and in, in, in the National League because the Cubs have decent pitching and, and uh, some of their their pitching their pitching is. I wouldn't say old, but it's 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 more experienced than the Mets. But they have a lot of good young talent uh, throughout their young, uh, lineup, versus the Mets, who have young talent, um, but the majority of their talent is in the pitching. They have um, very good, uh, at least five extremely good pitchers: um, Degrom, Harvey. Uh, they have. Uh, uh, Senegard, they have Mats and Zach Wheeler, who had Tommy John surgery, is going to be coming back next next year. So that's what four, four, five good pitchers. Not and and that's not even counting the uh, um, the uh, Santa Claus, the old guy of the bunch, uh, and that's Bartolo Colon, um, the who may be the odd man out, who may not. You never know because, like I said, these two guys, or these five guys, Mats, Senegard. Uh, um, Harvey, and uh, Degrom, and and Wheeler coming back. Um, th- that's a hell of a start in five. That's a hell of a start in five. You got to meet these guys uh, each and every day. Um, you, it seems like none, of these, none, nobody who runs up against these guys will get a break um, because all these guys are uh, supposedly some big time talents. Most of them proven. Uh, Wheeler has to come back and see if he can come back to form. Uh, Harvey, another year after um, Tommy John's surgery, should should really uh, be strong next next year. Senegard, who's only 23, uh, another year under his belt, should be that much more experienced. And Steve Matz, who's a rookie this year, um, should be even that much more experienced, especially with the uh, guys that uh, are in the locker room to show them the way What's, uh, in the pitching department. What's your thoughts on that? The, the Cubs you know, and the Mets. Um, yeah, the um, and the, you can't uh, overemphasize the importance of pitching. And right. uh, you know, a lot of what I know about the Mets is through the grapevine, just you know, hearing uh, other local fans talking about them. And um, the thing is, though, besides the fact, you know, there's uh, injuries, unfortunately, um, that. Uh, uh, you just can't assume every promising young player is going to become, you know, put up great numbers every year. Because even besides injuries, there's inconsistencies and there's a lot of things. But I also think there's a feeling among Met fans that if they're going to win anything with these guys, it's got to be in the next few years because the, the Mets – because of their ownership situation, is not going to be able to sign these guys to the mega buck contracts that big time pitchers get. And it's weird because that sounds like a small market team, but unfortunately, the Mets are run like a small market team because of the financial issues of their ownership. So, uh, but you know, sports is like that. Life is like that because you got to make the most of your opportunities because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So exactly. this is a golden opportunity for these guys. Right. And right now it's uh, two outs, two to one. Uh, guys are on second and third. Uh, so uh, he's, he's given up four hits. Hopefully he, he's gotten the um, nervousness out in the first inning and the Mets can put up some more runs um, going forward. All right. We got 25 minutes left in the show. 
um, the game is probably starting or soon to start. Um, let's move over into basketball uh, first. And the first thing I want to talk about off the court, um, Jeff, I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh, and yeah. I, I've gotten a couple of things here. I gotten a report that Tam Z said he's passed away and other things saying that he, he's, he's t- quite naturally taken a turn for the worse and that um, um, he's hanging on by uh, a threat. Anyway, when I'm talking about retired basketball player Lamar Odo, who remained unresponsive Thursday in the Las Vegas hotel after he was found unconscious at the Love Ranch this week, and he paid $75,000 for a 24-hour day com- companionship from two women. Um, he used a credit card to take care of the five-day package, uh, included sex and activities like cooking, watching TV together, and going out to dinner. Um, uh, he, he, this, this happened, um, what was it, last night, night before last, whatever it was. Um, I think what, what, what I was told or what I heard that he received a phone call and it went down from there. He took, uh, uh, uh some illegal drugs, followed that up with uh, alcohol or during that he had taken alcohol and he also followed that up with a, uh, herbal, uh, sexual enhancement, which uh, uh, when I, when he came to him, like I guess the following morning or whatever, whatever and woke up, he was uh, unresponsive and, and uh, with um, uh, 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 and uh, unresponsive and with the. Uh, um, uh, uh, not looking in, in too good a shape. Took him to the hospital. Quite naturally, he, he's been in a, in a, he's in a coma. Uh, they gave him a fifty-fifty chance, but I think he's been downgraded from that. And like I said, I got a, a, a TMZ report saying that um, um, he was pronounced dead. Um, uh, so uh, I, I, I imagine, and 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 the thing ironic—I shouldn't say ironic—but the, the thing about this was. Uh, um, him and Chloe Kardashian, who he, he was married to, still married to, um, uh, had signed divorce papers, but they hadn't become official yet. So guess who gets to decide uh, uh, what happens to uh, uh, his fate, um, whether it's pull the plug or um, try to do everything to save him? It's Chloe Kardashian because legally she's still uh, married to him and has that uh, uh, power over anyone else that uh, uh, would, would, would want to step in. Now, he, it, it, he has two kids from a previous um, relationship, uh, which is a shame uh, because Lamar Odom was a heck of a talent, was a heck of a talent, um, but but had demons uh, from the time he came into the NBA and uh, never, in my opinion, never really, um, and I'm not dogging the guy. I'm just saying he never really um, um, uh, produced the type of um, um, results that his talent that he had warranted uh, or the potential warranted, I should say. Sometimes you never knew what you're going to get with uh, uh, Mr. Odom. Uh, and finally, uh, the combination of uh, uh, all the off the off the court things caught up with him, and, and uh, his talent uh, deteriorate, deteriorated to a point where he was no longer uh, a viable option for anyone on any team. And and uh, but he still made a lot of money. Obviously, if he was charging seventy five thousand dollars for five days at the Love Ranch. Um, that's that's no chump change. Talk to me about uh, Lamar Odom, uh, um, Jeff. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, he's uh, only 35 years old. And, uh, uh, yeah, just as soon as I saw it, it's, uh, it's sad. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think he might have had some drug problems before. But I don't know. If Big time. Started to change, you know, before doing that uh, Kardashian show, which I'm not, I don't really watch. I don't really care for that kind of show. I don't know if the Kardashians are drug people or there's a lot of drug people around them. 
I don't know if that changed him, changed his life. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, from what I get, you know, he was, uh, I don't want to speak about him in the past tense because, uh, he's, he is in very serious shape and I get the impression is his life is in danger, but he's still alive. I'll take CBS over TMZ any day of the week. Uh, he, uh, you know, it kind of makes me think of a guy I know. Uh, I get the impression Odom is a nice guy with a drug problem, not a jerk with a drug problem, and that makes a big difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, uh, a few buddies of mine, they had a rock band, you know, and they had a guitar player with a serious drug problem, and they eventually they had to, you know, kick him out of the group. And, you know, those guys weren't choir boys, and that was – Unfortunately, that kind of became a joke. Like, wow, what do you got to do to get kicked out of that band? But, you know, the, right. the guy they had to kick out, you know, it. They these were the kind of guys, if somebody was using something, but he could still show up close to on time and he could still play his guitar or whatever, they weren't going to hassle the guy. But right. he crossed the line and, he, you know, he couldn't function and they didn't want to do it and they tried to work it out and they had to let him go. But the good thing is, he got his act together and you know, he uh you know, he's he's really he's got his he got he's got it together now, he's doing real well. And because uh, that you believe me that that's not always the case. But uh he went through a lot of trouble but you know, but he was everybody liked this guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he, he and I'm I'm glad now you know, he's still him, but you know, he's a little little more well he's sober now and he's a, you know, a little more coherent a little more mature and it's just uh, you know when i see the guy it's just so nice to see him you know it's so nice to see him with his act together and whatever and uh you know uh, and hopefully they'll be saying that about lamar odom in the future so all right from off the court to on the court believe it or not jeff um i mean this is a heck of a sports night like i said you got football, you got basketball, you got baseball. Uh, the three top uh, professional sports that people watch are all on tonight. Uh, the NBA season, excuse me, the NBA season opens up. Um, the first game on the docket would be the Indiana Pacers with Paul George coming back at full strength, uh, absolutely against the uh, LeBron-led Cleveland Cavaliers. Two guys in the same uh, division. Um, and um, I'm not watching the game. It's it's on now, um, but that should be a very interesting uh, um, matchup to start the NBA. Quite naturally, you, had, you know they had to do it, uh, starting it off with uh, LeBron being um, the first involved in the first game, um, and, and the other good good feel feel good story, I should say is uh, Paul George, who had that gruesome leg injury, uh, who came back later last year and played relatively well. Uh, now he should be at the uh, full go where they re- retooled the Indiana Pacers team. Um, should be interesting to watch. And then the late game, which starts at 10 o'clock, just about the time I guess the Mets game would be relatively getting over or close to being over. Um, and the um, football game would probably be in the third quarter, give or take. Um, the Houston Rockets and James Harden, who says, still thinks that he should have been the MVP of the uh, the last year's uh, NBA season, goes up against the uh, world champs, Golden State Warriors, uh, which should be a, another interesting game uh, to watch. And, I, I, and depending on what's going on in the – Mets game, because that's my priority here, the Mets game, and then probably uh, um, flip over to and see what's going on in the football game if, if, if um, Atlanta's not blowing out New Orleans. Um, I'll be watching the uh, Houston Golden State because one of the, my favorite players, I'm not a Golden State Warrior fan, but one of my favorite players I like to watch is Stephon Marbury. So, Jeff, speak a little bit on uh, those two games, Indiana versus Cleveland, Houston versus Golden State. Okay, this is this middle of October, 
to, you know, maybe the uh, end of October is like sports overdose, you know, because, right, you know, it's the end of baseball, basketball, start in uh, middle of football. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't really pay that much attention to basketball until football's over. Um, you know, NBA, uh, uh, you know, it's a marathon, you know, not quite as much as uh, baseball, but it is a marathon. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, there's, uh, right now it's, uh, sometimes college gets lost in the shuffle. I can't believe that UCLA is playing Stanford tonight. You know, why aren't they playing that game on Saturday, you know? Um, but uh, the late game at 1030 is uh, my adopted uh, West Coast team, uh, UCLA, with Josh Roseball at quarterback, um, good-looking freshman, uh, real, real, real accurate passer playing Stanford, I'll tell you, thing drives me crazy about college. I'm a casual college football fan. I wish Black was on the show because he, he's pretty good on college football. That they got to have better games in September because then so many of the big rivalry games are the last couple of weeks of the season. You can't even watch them all. You know what I'm saying? They they got to have better games in September because it's just too many dud games in September. And uh, I'm glad I got to catch some of the Texas-Oklahoma. Maybe I think it might be the greatest rivalry game in college football. And I think one of the reasons why is they have week six. They don't put it at the end of the season where it's going to get lost in the shuffle with all the other big rivalry games. And you know what? They could have saved uh, Charlie Strong's job and uh, one of the all-time great uh, – Playings of that game, so uh, um, uh, it's you know there's just there's so much going on now you, you you barely could keep track. So, all right, let's move on to this because I want to go get on to football because uh, we got about 13 minutes left in the show. First thing I want to talk about you you uh, mentioned it earlier in the uh, program. Uh, Seattle's fullback Derek Coleman arrested after allegedly uh, hit and run. Um, and uh, the Seahawks, from what I understand, hold on a minute, uh, just, uh, oh, man, come on, don't do this to me. Um, I think they uh, may have uh, suspended him indefinitely, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did, unfortunately. Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, so it's uh, it looks like, um, I guess, in, in, until this gets resolved, um, that uh, there may be a uh, uh, not good news for Derek Coleman, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, uh, he after he walked away from the scene of a two vehicle rollover crash in in Bellevue uh, last night, um, and uh, uh, supposedly the his attorney says he's looking into whether a concussion played in role while Coleman left the scene, whether he, the, the fact he is deaf led police to wonder if Coleman was under the influence. Uh, this, this is a, a quote from his attorney. He was clearly not in his right mind after the accident, and that would probably be due to a concussion, but that's speculation as well. We don't know. But his walking away from the accident is absolutely out of character for who he is and how he would have normally responded to that situation like that. Um, like I said, he's uh, 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 suspended indefinitely. It happened in, uh, I guess, around Desco, just when it get dark, 6 p.m. Um, in, in Seattle. Uh, so, and witnesses said, reported seeing a Dodge Ram pickup trailing at high speed running in the back of a Honda Civic. The truck ended up on its side. The Civic went up an, embank- an embankment and over a retaining wall before coming to rest on the roof. The driver of the car had serious but but non-life-threatening injuries. So um, what's your thoughts, Jeff? Let me put it that way. Yeah, you know, um, I just, uh, you know, I'm familiar with Coleman. uh, Just one of the reasons is because, and you and I mentioned this before, I don't know if other people are aware, you know, I'm kind of connected in the deaf community. Uh, I sign at about an intermediate plus level. I used to go out with a deaf woman, and I have some deaf friends and acquaintances. And, 
you know, uh, Derek Coleman was the first uh, is, is the first deaf player in the NFL in uh, over 20 years, and um, uh, good uh, special teams guy and uh, backup running back for uh, Seattle, and uh, you know, very well respected in the deaf community. Uh, he got he played and uh, I think he made at least one special teams tackle in uh, the Super Bowl that the uh, Seahawks won, not the one where. They, f- they forgot how to call plays. And uh, it's one of the reasons, you know, uh, hopefully the facts will come out and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, you know, this is why, uh, you know, you have facts because, you know, maybe he had a head injury. I, I hope he's not dealing with uh, substance abuse because uh, uh, in the deaf community, there's as much substance abuse if not more, outside really? the deaf community. Um, don't know why that is, but I've heard that and read that many times. Uh, really? Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just like a lot of things, you know. It's just, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, um, uh, for some reason, there's a, there's a lot of substance abuse in the deaf community. Um, um, yeah, it just, uh, I hope he's okay. I hope they said the person in the accident doesn't have life-threatening injuries, that's good. And I, I just hope this has, a, I don't know about a happy ending, but, you know, uh, some kind of positive resolution, I hope. Right. All right. The other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, as we watched the Monday night game with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers against the uh, San Diego Chargers, uh, came down to the last play. Uh, it was five seconds left on this clock. Well, guess what? The NFL confirms uh, the suspension of side job, Rob Vernatachi, Vernatachi, or Dennis Vernacci, uh, during Monday night's game between the Steelers and Chargers, the game clock erroneously ran for 18 seconds after a touchback in the fourth quarter and went unnoticed by the officiating crew working the game. Um, Pro Football Today, uh, Pro Football Talk, I should say, reported on Wednesday that side judge Rob Vernacci, who was charged with supervising the timing of the game, would be suspended for this week as a result of his failure to supervise the timing of the game. The NFL confirmed that on Thursday and also addressed the rest of the officiating crew and the clock operator at Qualcomm Stadium in a statement. This is a quote. Side Judge Rod Bernacci will not officiate in week six as a result of the failure to notice that the game clock was correctly started late in the fourth quarter of Monday night's game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the San Diego Chargers. The mistake also impacted the evaluation of the other six members of the officiating crew led by Pete Morelli. The official game time is kept on the stadium scoreboard, but it is the responsibility of the side judge to supervise the timing of the game. I didn't know that. Had the side judge judge or any of the other six on-field officials noticed the timing error, they could have corrected it. The status of the clock operator in San Diego, who is an NFL employee, is under review. The Chargers' next home game is in week seven on Sunday, October 25th. While the statement doesn't use the term suspension, it's obvious that Vernacci has been suspended. He won't be working this week as a direct result of the clock area. Uh, error, I should say. PFT also reported Wednesday that the back judge, Greg Wilson, would be reassigned from the Sunday night's Patriots-Colts game to the matchup between the Titans and Dolphins after failing to penalize Seahawks linebacker K.J. Wright for an illegal bat of the ball during the week four game between the Seahawks and the Lions. The NFL has not commented on that situation. So so the NFL officials, and they're making it public, are are getting um, penalized for making uh, crucial mistakes. Uh, one being in the last Monday night's game, the other being in the Seahawks, uh, uh, excuse me, the other being in the uh, Seahawks and Lions game. And it really cost the Lions a game um, because of that, uh, a full pod, uh, uh, that, um, that, uh, um, that official uh, didn't call on KJ Wright. Um, what's your thoughts, Jeff? I mean, uh, you know, let me put it this way, Jeff. Is there a conspiracy here? Because it seemed like believe the... it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, no, and, no, and I think 
overall, the NFL referees are better than the officials in the other major sports and even some of the less major sports. I think they're usually good. They're usually consistent. And um, the thing is, uh, uh, fortunately for the NFL, these uh, refs, they get paid nice money, but they're not full-time, and they don't have union representation. I don't want to get into that because uh, that's very polarizing at times. So if there was a union involved, the NFL wouldn't be able to pull a guy off a crew like that, you know? And Mm -hmm. some of these things, like with the timekeeper, it just, it it really, those type of details don't usually come up. Oh, uh, uh, New Orleans just blocked a punt. Uh, uh, and I like the statement the NFL made earlier in the week because they didn't put it all on the timekeeper because the one official, the side judge, I think, is the one who's responsible for the clock. And also, if the others catch a mistake, they could have. So it's not all on the timekeeper. And I swear, you don't hear people talking about the timekeepers too often because usually, I guess, if you're doing your job, you don't get noticed. Um, uh, I think it was um, Mark May, the uh, retired uh, Redskin. Uh, he he said, "Well, I couldn't believe it that the Redskins had Homer timekeepers, but it wasn't 18 seconds a pop. It was just when they had a lead and they're running the ball. Sometimes it seems like, hey, uh, you know, clock ran a few extra seconds, or once in a while a guy goes out of bounds and you get a couple of extra clicks at a clock, you know." But he, right. I swear, he said they had a Homer timekeeper at old RFK. Okay. All right. Let me uh, let me see if I want to go, go and do any, anything else in here um, in, in the NFL before we talk about the game. And in fact, you know what, Jeff? We only got a couple minutes, uh, and it looks like the uh, New Orleans Saints are giving every everything they can possibly give to the um, Atlanta Falcons, who are undefeated. And New Orleans has only won one game, but this is this is a division game, and in in the, in the um, Superdome, so uh, anything can happen. Uh, New Orleans could have a uh, a, uh, a feel good moment here in, in taking down uh, one of the unbeaten teams in, in uh, Atlanta. What's your thoughts on this game, Atlanta and New Orleans? Um, even though the New Orleans is up fourteen nothing right now, you know, I mean. Uh... Atlanta has looked very good at times early this season, but they're, they're almost due for uh, uh, a poor showing. And, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, – I don't know. I mean, if uh, – you know, this is – Saints really can't afford to, to lose this one. So, uh, um, I tell you, the Saints don't have the same home field advantage they used to, but uh, I thought this was going to be a big bounce back here for the Saints. But so far, it hasn't looked like that. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess all good things must come to an end. But, you know, I guess the Saints got a little bit of life left in that offense. Okay. Um, well, we got a, a minute and a half left in the show. And uh, I think we, we we did some uh, pretty good time here for, for once, Jeff. Um, covered a lot of things. Gave us uh, We each expressed our opinions on these things. Uh, is there anything that you want to say um, before we get out of here and, and uh, enjoy the this game and, and the rest of the games that are going to happen um, over the last, next few days, whether it's baseball, football, or basketball? Yeah, I think the only thing we didn't mention was uh, two uh, big-time college uh, football coaches uh, yeah, uh, right. left their teams this week. Uh, Spurrier resigned. Mm-hmm. I think it taints his legacy a little bit. Uh um, there must have been something going on behind the scenes. You never get the whole thing. And uh, unfortunately, Steve Sarkisian uh, was fired at a USC. And uh, I'll tell you, I can't remember the last time a coach getting fired in college football during the season um, really made much of a difference because once the season starts, there's not much they could do. But uh, I think both of those situations were a little unfortunate. So uh hope uh, the best for both of those guys. Uh, true. We'll probably be talking about we'll probably be talking about that over the weekend. But for now, people, 
Uh, I am uh, JTAK the Master, and uh, Jeff is my uh, co-host for tonight. We are the FSP Cruise Show. Uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be back here on Thursday, same time, same place, 8 p.m. as always. Um, and we are out of here. See ya. Yeah. Smith Encore. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's Fantasy Sports and Politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy Sports and Politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy Sports and Politics crew.